Welcome to The Grow Show with me as your host, Joe Camerato. I am an entrepreneur who created my company, National Business Capital, from literally $0 out of my spare bedroom to over $2 billion in business loans secured for entrepreneurs nationwide. Since 2007, I have seen just about every type of business. I provide money and help entrepreneurs access capital to scale fast, but I also know that it's possible for you, as you scale, to replace yourself to build systems, processes, and great teams of people that can live on without you so you can actually enjoy your life and your company can still grow. I will not only tell you the peaks and valleys of my story, but I will also bring on world-class entrepreneurs to tell their stories and share their lessons on their growth journeys. Welcome to The Grow Show. Welcome to The Grow Show. With me is your host, Joe Camberato. Um, we're all about entrepreneurs growing and growing fast. And today we've got a great entrepreneur on the show, uh, Sam Sells from Wild Mountain Capital. Uh, thank you, Sam, for being here. Hey, thanks for having me on the show, uh, Joe. It's, it's a pleasure to be here. Yeah, same to you. Um, you know, really, uh, you know, just a little bit about Sam and just some really amazing bio here. Um, Sam is retired U- U.S. Air Force officer uh, and combat veteran who founded Wild Mountain Capital in 2018 with his hero dad. Thank you for your service, Sam. That's just great. And, you know, Sam's traveled the globe with U.S. Air Force Special uh, special Operations as an international health specialist and saw poverty and lack of safe housing while leading complex rehab and development projects worldwide. Wow. This motivated Sam to start Wild Mountain Capital to transform neglected, unsafe, and mismanaged assets, not just in affordable housing, but into housing that is affordable. The Wild Mountain team has 60 plus years of commercial and residential real estate experience over uh, 75 projects individually. Um, Since 2019, the team has syndicated 20 development rehab properties, uh, creating equity growth nearly twice the initial investment in less than two years. Projects include mobile home communities, apartment complexes, and self-storage facilities. Really great stuff, Sam. Uh, Happy and excited to have you on the show today. So, you know, I guess let's just talk about, you know, how'd you, uh, how'd you get started, you know, and how'd you start your company? Yeah, you know, um, had, had the, you know, 10 years or so, uh, 10, 12 years doing that, uh, traveling around the world, working with foreign militaries, foreign governments, helping them develop sustainable, lasting healthcare systems. And in that process, I, I learned, one, that government tries really hard, and there's a really a lot of really good people in the U.S. government. Um, that's a very broad brush stroke, but, um, that are trying really hard, but it, the incentives aren't necessarily aligned. Right. And so when you align incentives down at the ground level where people benefit by improving their own lives, or they know a way that they can improve their lives, they're going to take that option every time. Uh, but if you're trying to tell them that you should use this thing because I like it better and it's better and they don't believe you, then they don't really follow that. And, you know, this thing, these ideas just kind of really resonated. And, and as we're wrapping up my career and, and wanting to go ahead and exit and move on, you know, I, I spent 15 years or so um, flipping homes on the side and knew that, you know, I really liked real estate. Um, and if you think about health outcomes and financial security outcomes, it really all comes back down to your home where you grow up, where you live. And so we took that passion for improving health outcomes and said, you know, to my dad, like, Hey, we need to build ourselves a financial 
you know, just a, a huge financial reservoir and well spring that delivers constant evergreen cash to us so that we can go and improve other people's lives. And let's find out a way to do that. And we, the best way to do it was in real estate. We understood that market. And, and so we went after it. That's awesome. And, you know, did you, did you need to borrow money, raise money? You know, how'd you do it exactly, you know, to get started? Well, uh, I, I think I had $30,000 to my name. I'd saved up. <laughs> <laughs> and my dad in his retirement got eighty thousand dollars. Eighty thousand of my thirty, we turned it into um, about one hundred and seventy between borrowing from uh, credit cards and um, refinancing a car I had paid off. And we bought two properties. Um, after six months of owning those two properties, we went from investing one hundred fifty thousand dollars to making clearing from the bank about twelve thousand a month. Till the 13,000 wow. a month. And That's so amazing. We, were, we were hooked. And what we had done is we had bought two very distressed, ugly mobile home parks. Um, one of them was really small. That one we got rented up. The other one, um, my dad spent six months living there, just changing and improving the property. And it went bananas as far as uh, financial return went. That's amazing. And, and, and um, you know, just guessing by everything you're doing, I'm sure you made it a lot nicer which I'm sure the people there really appreciate it. They really appreciate it. So when you implement governance programs um, where people can't leave trash everywhere anymore, you know, get rid of that car. Uh, no, you can't, you know, get in a fight on the door with your neighbor, you know, these different things. Uh, it's, it's amazing what happens in the community and people really appreciate it. And even if their rents do go up because we create a lot of value there, um, they're willing, ready, happy to pay a little bit more to, to live in a cleaner and safer place, period. Makes sense. It's amazing when these things too, they're just, it's just kind of sitting there from prior ownership and it was all right there. Right. And, and yeah. it's like, just like the diamond in the rough type of theory, you know, and, uh, it's awesome. You know, so, you know, you do the right thing, you make it nicer, build a nicer community and, uh, and you get rewarded for it. And it's, it's really, uh, it's a beautiful thing and everyone's winning. I, I love those situations where, you know, everyone involved is winning and benefiting. So that, that's great. Yeah. And, and really it is that way because everyone involved is winning or benefiting. We do kick people out if they are unsafe, if they're, you know, drug dealers they're breaking the law, they, they can't be, you know, good to people around them. Then we do have to get rid of them. But, um, you're building culture in your little communities. It, you know, it's, it's, uh, it's, it's, it's amazing. It's amazing. It, it's, it's really significant and palpable, but yeah. <laughs> awesome. So for, you know, each of your deals, do you, you know, do you raise capital? Do you take on debt, you know, and, and how do you kind of determine that, you know, factor or, you know, debt versus, you know, you know, raising equity and not raising too much equity, not taking on too much debt. Yeah. So because we buy really distressed properties, we try to leverage as much, much as possible. These properties are really under under market value. So now we're focused on 150 plus unit apartment complexes. And the last two or three that we purchased, all of them were uh, well over a million dollars um, under the appraised value when the appraised value came back. So we're buying them at a discount. When you When you're coming in, and if you're getting like a 75% LTV or 75% loan to cost and the ARV after one year is $5 million more, um, we're filling in a pretty good uh, debt position, right? So I don't feel over leveraged at all in my properties. 
we do raise money. We do syndicate a lot now. Uh, it's just one of the easiest ways to raise money. Yeah. But the other way that we raise money is we do institutional, we do work with institutional investors. So a large billion dollar investment firm will come and say, you know, Hey, you know, Sam and, and co we'll work with you guys. We'll write the equity check, present us the deal. So we'll give them a deal. Um, and we like our last deal we closed, we closed with an equity partner. Awesome. So you didn't even have to have a bank involved. We had a bank involved on the debt side, but okay. we closed at three and a half percent on a very distressed property. We had $2.2 million uh, funded at close just for the, the rehab. And then our equity partner provided just about $5 million and we put 500,000 of our own dollars in. Wow. That's amazing. And, and what made the property distressed? Was it just, you know, not taken care of, you know, you know, roof and structural side, like what, you know, what, you know, in this one, I'm just curious. Yeah. So the, the owner was a, not a bad person. Um, it just, he grew up with that old school mentality that you fix everything yourself. And if it's 180 <laughs> unit apartment complex, that's way too much for one person to fix. And so he had it for six years. He bought it a little bit distressed. And, you know, when we bought it, it had six active sewage leaks, leaking sewage water out into the parking lot. Uh, SWAT team was there the day we closed on the property. Um, Got it. You know, the, the accounts receivables was in the hundreds of thousands of dollars. It was. This is really distressed. <laughs> it was distressed. Yeah. Yeah. It, yeah. That's why so we got to, you got to really be able to go in and, and, and uh, really managing a lot of things, you know, at once, you know, do you, do you have a process for that? Like, where do you start, you know, in, in, in these situations, you know, uh, for other yeah. folks out there that might, you know, be interested in distressed properties or just understanding how you do what you do? Yeah. The, we've, we've had a lot of experience doing this stuff. And, and so it's really a team sport. It's a lot of players because there's a lot of different things going on. So we made a property management company. They've got like 40 employees now because we need them to be skilled and um, about certain things. And they've got to be able to work with housing authorities because you've got vouchers or Section 8. You know, we they have to be skilled with working with, you know, women in crisis, Catholic relief services, um, you know, every different relief organization or nonprofit you can think of, Boys and Girls Club, all these different entities that we work with on a regular basis to help wow. support our residents. Um, we do all that. So now residents get like educational support, mental health support, uh, rent support, and it's all free to us as the property owners. So our investors benefit from now, you know, you have this really distressed property. Now you got this awesome community six months later or a year later, that has got all the support structure in there. You're lost to lease. The turnover rate drops considerably. Um, health outcomes are better. Educational outcomes are better. Um, and think about it this way. So we put in washer dryer in a unit and charge 75 bucks a month. Somebody's going to say, you're jacking rents up. And I'm jacking rents up. I'm adding a $75 a month thing because it cost me a bunch of money to put a washer dryer in there. Talking to a resident, the resident says, hey, I spent $150 a month downtown doing laundry. And I spend six or seven hours each month downtown doing laundry. So now 
You're going to tell me you're only going to charge me $75 a month. So half as much money and I get <laughs> six or seven hours back on my life. Yeah. It's no brainer. No brainer. <laughs> yeah. That's amazing. I, you know, is there anyone else out there doing like doing, you know, this, I mean, it just, it seems like, I feel like a lot of people, you know, you're, you're not only like there's people out there rehabbing and doing stuff, but also bringing in like all the resources. Um, you know, it, I just feel like no one really cares about that stuff. It, it's really amazing. It's, it's really amazing. I know other people do care about it. And I've talked to other people and they find a lot of these people are making a lot of money. So when you invest in a syndication and you're buying this fancy Palm Beach apartment complex where everything's gorgeous and the, they're just going to go in and raise rents. Or they're going to add new thermostats and raise rents by $200 a month or, or whatever. That's a totally different business plan. And it's so focused on the, the minute dollar. Yeah. Uh, our, our focus is if, if we can change the community and create a ton of value, then the value is easily paid for. The property value explodes um, and our money is being used in a much different way. So it's just the focus. A lot of people are making are doing good things out there. They're just not quite as focused as we are. Yeah, no, it's it's amazing. It's beautiful. It's like you're growing, and, and so is the community. And you know, <laughs> and I'm all about you know uh, growth and, and and growing. So that that's amazing. So you know what you know what have you learned in the process of you know building your company, and you know what was uh, what was one of the biggest mistakes that you've made. Everyone always talks about the good stuff. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I could talk about the bad stuff for, for days. We, we've, so number one mistake I made in the beginning was not partnering or, men, or, or finding a good coach slash mentor. Um, and so the first year I bought 10 deals in the first year, eight of those were syndications. All right. Um, where we raise private investor dollars. Um, had I known better, we would have done much bigger deals and, um, we would have grown very fast, but more sustainably and had a lot heavier cash flow. So that was one of the biggest mistakes I made was just not getting a mentor in the beginning. And since then, because I didn't have a mentor, I've, the mistakes I've made have cost me hundreds of thousands of dollars. Not that I'm going to go to jail for, but it's like not backing out of a deal when I should have waiting to the last minute to back out until we're like, this deal does not work. The people are terrible, blah, 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 blah. It's not, doesn't fit our mission. And then backing out and losing earnest money. Uh, you know, some of the other things that we could have easily avoided had we had a good mentor there to say, Sam, what are you doing? That's stupid. Yeah. Yeah. There's nothing like a, a good mentor and it just fast forwards time and having yeah. to go through the process and learn on your own. And, you know, it's interesting too. You know, I think a lot of entrepreneurs in, um, really enjoy helping other entrepreneurs and, and, if you really seek, you will find, and, and there's a lot of people out there that have experience in whatever it is that you're doing. And I find, especially the more successful someone is, usually the more they want to help other people, you know, and, and, uh, and, and some people are just too stubborn to have too big of an ego to ask for help. But, you know, I, I've, I've uh, you know, never have, uh, um, you know, never have been afraid to ask for help. And it's really helped me fast forward so much and and especially in the beginning there was some some really cool entrepreneurs that were like helping me for no reason i'm like why are you helping me you know yeah. and they're like well someone helped me once and that helped me be successful and one day you know you'll figure all this shit out and, and you'll be successful too and you'll help people and yeah. and um you know and then you know here you are you know years later 
So no, it's, it's, it's really, uh, it's really great. And I wish more people would, would take advantage of that. So you just can avoid mistakes that a lot of others have made. Absolutely. I, you know, if I could turn the wheel back, I would do that. And I mean, you, we've done well, but we, we've done even better, much yeah. better. hundred percent. Well, you only, you know, you only learn and grow from those mistakes too. So mm-hmm. sometimes they're necessary because it helps you avoid the real bigger ones later on in life. You don't realize the little one that happened now is helping you avoid something big in the future. So, Absolutely. yeah. So, so, you know, how do you, you know, how do you grow fast or how have you grown, you know, uh, grown fast? So I'm all about growing fast. Um, it's, it's my thing. Um, and I'm all about helping others grow fast, but you know, for our viewers and everyone, you know, I'm sure they'd love to hear, um, you know, have you, have you done that in your company in biz? Yeah. So I think we grew pretty fast. Um, we grew, so we did 10 deals the first year for syndicator. That's crazy. Uh, most of those, most folks do maybe a couple deals a year and then they get up to five or eight, maybe in a year when they're worth $200 million. We did, so we did one year, we grew 10. Um, the next year we did one, the year after that, we did another 10. Um, and it was, you know, uh, you know, just all out getting after it. Right. And so what I've, what I do now is, you know, to grow fast, you need to focus on those things that make money and that will help you to grow, uh, sustainably. Um, and you can't waste time on, on learning things that you don't need to learn. So mm-hmm. when I talk, when I talk to other new syndicators and they're going to a coaching course and they're listening to how they need to go and talk to a lender. And my first question is, why are you, t- why are you learning that? That's if you're syndicating, you don't need to talk to the lender. <laughs> yeah. You, let your partner do that. You know, yeah. You're, you're, yeah. you just need to learn how to raise money. That's the lifeblood of, of the company. If you can't raise money, then you need to find somebody who can and become, you know, get partners with them. But no lender is going to talk to you about a $20 million deal when your net worth is 550 bucks. Yeah. Right? It's yeah. <laughs> useless skill, right? Yeah. Yeah. So spend your time learning how to raise money, learn, spend your time forming your business, getting your corporation or incorporated or whatever set up correctly. Spend your time educating yourself and getting on the right trajectory and then say, okay, I'm going to learn about that when I'm at this stage and ready to move from just raising capital to being a sponsor operator. Um, makes sense. Uh, makes great sense. And, and what year did you get started, Sam? Uh, formed the company in 2018. Uh, first 10 acquisitions were in 2019. Wow. Talk about timing. Um, you know, what, what wild timing. And, you know, you know, so, I mean, and things are rocking, you know, moving along. It's already four years. You know, what, um, what was it, what's been a tipping point for you so far in your journey on growing your biz? Tipping point was probably last year when we moved from doing small deals to doing a big deal. We did a 245 unit apartment complex and, uh, we weren't quite ready for that. Um, and, but because we had set up so many, great relationships with good people that in the end, when the deal got really haywire, I was able to pull um, some levers and those relationships came forward and, and we were able to close this big old deal. And, you know, I learned a ton from that. I use that a lot. Um, those experiences there to help me inform other people on how to do a deal, how not to do a deal, big deals. 
And then uh, at the second time, since then, we've we've done other big deals that were successful and, and much, much smoother than that first really rocky one. That's great. And I feel like, you know, when you really think about it, I mean, there's, there's definitely things that you learn and, and set you up and, and, and you're ready. But a lot of times I found in business, like you're never really ready. You just kind of got to dive in and you figure it out. And and I think, the you know, having those relationships are super important. And knowing when to tap in the right relationships to figure things out, coach you through it, give advice, whatever it might be, share an experience. But, uh, you know, I, if you wait to you're 100% ready and everything, I feel like you'll never, never do anything. So never do anything. Yeah. And <laughs> it was nice because I, you know, I had a friend in my ear saying, Sam, you got to get bigger, man. Got to get bigger. Let's do something bigger. Let's do something bigger. Let's do something bigger. And so we, we took a leap and it worked out. It was ugly process, but it worked out. Yeah. Well, the good stuff, the good deals, the big deals, right? They're never easy. And it kind of makes sense. You know, the bigger deals too, there's more upside, you know, in, you know, um, you know, in equity um, that you'll have in just the little deals. And you have to do a lot of little deals to get that same type of, you know, swing. And, you know, a lot of times too, you know, it might've been a little bit more work, but in the grand scheme of things, sometimes the work is, is pretty similar, you know? So yeah. you might as well go for the bigger, maybe a little bit more quality or just um, more units or, you know, or whatever it makes, makes a lot of sense. Yeah, it does. And bigger deals, you know, at, at the end of the day, the deal closing a deal is almost identical to closing a small deal to a big deal. It is easier than buying your own single family house. I will say that over all day long. Um, Car apartment complexes are just easier. The bigger they are, the more funds there are there to pay for other people to do things, which makes it easier. Makes sense. That's actually a really good point. That makes a ton of sense, actually. Good stuff. And you know, so what? Why is um, social impact so important to you? You know, did something happen? I'm just kind of curious where that comes from. So, I uh, 2011, I'm all over Northern Afghanistan, working with all these Afghan medics for the, the border patrol, the national police. And there's a, a chief doc who's really not supporting all these nine or 10 regions at all. He's like barely supporting them. And six years of people have been going there and trying to get him to do stuff for his folks. Um, what, sitting in there one day, it just dawned on me that I needed to line his incentives. And so I said, look, doc, if you provide more goods to your folks, then there's more equipment underneath you, right? He goes, yeah. So you have a lot more equipment and that equipment is worth a lot of money, correct? He's like, yeah. I said, and if you support your folks and you get them staffed, the hospitals and clinics staffed correctly, how many more people is that? And he did the math. He's like, oh, it's an extra 200 people. Okay. So is a you know a person of your rank is that right or should you be an extra rank up and he's like oh if i have that many people underneath me and i have that much equipment then i need to be a higher rank and make ah. more money and uh he's like hmm the very next day <laughs> uh we we called out to one of the you know the border clinics like hey you know how's it going oh dr so so called and he's getting us this equipment and you know this staff's coming and we're getting this training and night and day you know things changed right when you can align incentives and show people that you can make money doing good and supporting other people the world changes 
right? The world changes. Their world out there changed. And so since then, I've been trying to implement that wherever I go, because you get these Americans that would have come to Sub-Saharan Africa and buy this $50,000 medical bed chair thing for the hospital in Africa and, you know, in Chad, let's say in Njamina. And the people there are looking at this thing going like, what is this? And as soon as the Americans leave, they open up a, a storage closet and they roll that thing in there and close it. Oh, my God. And, and go back to using cots. And you're just like, ah, oh, stupid Americans. There's a book about that. Don't be the stupid American. <laughs> Align incentives. Show them how they can improve their own lives and benefit from it. And so impact is so important to me because we want to show the, the world or America, at least, that you can make money helping other people's lives get better. It doesn't have to be a nonprofit. It doesn't have to be a charity. Make money helping other people. That's, you know, you don't know what your money goes to when you invest in the stock market. You have no idea, right? It just goes. Yeah. And you talk about this clean, like clean money. What, you know, what is, what does that mean? You know, uh, you know, uh, to you. So, Think about clean energy. It's you're you're concerned about where the energy was produced, how it's produced, the lasting impact on the environment. When you think about clean eating, you're thinking about what kind of food am I taking into my body? Uh, where did that where was that food source? What kind of chemicals are in that food? Um, is the food good and wholesome? You know, and so clean money is this concept that where are our investment dollars going? Did I invest in Bitcoin that was mined by drug cartels in Mexico and I just helped them fund their next hit, right? And we don't think about this when we buy Bitcoin or whatever, we're just thinking, huh, oh, I'm gonna try to make some money, right? What kind of return am I gonna get on my dollars? Now, if we just ex say, look, let's think about the downstream effects of our investments. Clean money is all about what are the downstream effects? What is the future effect of our investment dollars? Just like Clean energy is what is the future effect of our energy consumption? And so we say you can invest in a clean way and you should. Makes sense. You know, and, and you know, I had this other question and, and you, you really have answered it. And I think a lot of people will probably, you know, can you really make impact and, and do good and, and make money? You know, um, you know, and, and speaking to you, I, you know, and, um, just right now, I'd say the answer is absolutely yes. But you know, what, how, how would you answer that, Sam? hundred percent. Yes. Our projects are like a development project in the sense that when we come in, it's ugly. It's not making any money. You're just going to have to be patient. It's going to take us about a year to get this thing turned around unless it's really, really bad. I mean, then it may take us a year and a half to get that thing turned around, but I, we have our own construction crews that are keeping our costs low. We have our own property management companies keeping our costs low and working with all these different nonprofits and everything else. It, it's really got to be this holistic approach to the property, the community um, as investors. So our investors are passive. That's one of the beautiful things about syndication. Um, and so the active side is on us and it is hard, hard work. Um, but the returns, the growth in equity is fantastic. We bought a $15 million property last year. We renovated 101 units. It's now worth 19 million. Uh, Wow. 10, 11 months later. So we just made $5 million and we, we put 80 something people in vouchers in a home. And I mean, what type of, like, what are the comments and feedback that you're getting from, 
you know, people in the communities that you're, you know, doing these projects in? We have some footage that's coming out here soon um, where we just sat down with folks and interviewed them. And it's, um, it's incredible. Like the changes, personal changes in their lives, you know, Hey, you know, I, I've always heard owners always come in and buy the property. They always promise stuff. They don't do anything in the race of rents. You guys actually came in, you did a whole bunch of stuff and yeah, rents went up, but now I'm getting a lot of stuff. I get, I, I can swim in a swimming pool that was been down for six years full of slug <laughs> and slime, you know, now I, you know, there's laundry in my, my unit. Now there's, you know, there's electronic locks that lock and I, I feel more safe and there's no more shootings at the property. That was one of the comments. Wow. Yeah, it's crazy. You know, and there's there's a I think an effect that happens. Um, I think there was a book called uh, a, a book blink by Malcolm Gladwell. I don't know if you've ever read it. Yeah. But it's basically that it talks about the concept of, you know, uh, Mayor Giuliani cleaning up the city. And just, you know, if you go to a place that is, you know, got rough, like one thing they used to do. And this was like one of the things he implemented, clean up the subways because they were just horrible and crime. And, and one of the biggest things was cleaning up all the trash, getting uh, more cops down there. And uh, more importantly, people were spray painting the trains constantly. So he implemented like when the, as soon as a train was spray painted that day, it had to be taken off the line and freshly painted and couldn't go back out there because people would spray paint them. Then, you know, it would be like, you know, they would get to like, you know, uh, you know, talk about it, you know. Um, in, in, yeah. in their community. And it was like, like kind of like, you know, they're like their prize. Look at the train go. I just spray painted this thing. And when they realized that they were spending all this time spray painting and then it was cleaned up, you know, that stopped. And then when people were getting going in the subway and there was no more trash and there was police and it was safe, everyone started treating things nicer. And so I, I would think that the effect that you have where you're cleaning these things up and doing all these things people are probably starting to treat where they live a lot nicer because it looks nice. It's clean. You're doing all this great stuff and where, you know, you got a pool that's not done. It's got green. I, I saw, you know, a post on, on your social media. It was disgusting. And disgusting. I can only imagine if you, you know, you're living somewhere where everything's like that, then, you know, you might take this, you know, whatever, you know, that you're, you know, cup or and just throw it on the floor, you know, whatever, whatever it is versus go, you know, um, you know, uh, you know, maybe, you know, you throw that trash in the garbage or pick something up or whatever, you know, so there's got to be an amazing ripple effect that's happening for the positive. It's, it's amazing. So like, um, just this last one we bought, day we close a SWAT team. No kidding. My brother calls me. He's like, <laughs> wow. Sam, the SWAT team's here. I was like, on the day we close it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's like a nice gift. <laughs> nice gift. Thank you. Closing <laughs> gift. You know, there was six active sewage leaks. The seller never fixed them. Okay? Oh my God. Uh, the property stank bad. There was an active drug deal going on when we, uh, one of the week before we closed driving out there. It's like people in lookouts, whistling guys, you know, going behind their cars, doing their stuff. There were people stealing uh, railroad ties out of the garden area that they had when we were there. Wow. Before we, before we closed, I went there last week trash that had been there was, used to be trash in all over the place no trash none uh it's amazing no drug deals going on uh i don't know when you know no shootings the people the leasing office was busy people were coming and coming and coming trying to rent units 
uh, our staff were super happy. Um, everybody was talking about the pools, the laundromat, or not the laundromat, the laundry machines in their units. Uh, we have new uh, covers going up for covered parking. And when it's 106 degrees in Dallas, you want covered parking. Yeah, right? It's a big deal. Yeah, It's a big deal, right? Yeah. <laughs> it's huge. Uh, there was just excitement. You could feel it. And, you know, every time I'd been there before, it was just like, just a beat down. Wow. That's amazing, man. It's really good stuff. You know, what, what advice would you give to, you know, folks looking to raise, you know, raise money and, and, you know, get into real estate? Number one, find a good partner. Um, like somebody like us, um, there's lots of others out there who are willing to work with new folks. Um, Find a good coach, learn how to raise money uh, legally, ethically, uh, sustainably. There's principles you need to follow to do so and and then go for it. Yeah, just rip off the bandaid and go, right? Go. Yeah. You'll never fully know it all. Just get started. Just do it. <laughs> good stuff, man. So, you know, what would you like your, you know, your legacy to be? We talked about this in the beginning a little bit, but, you know. You got some really great stuff happening here. There are millions of people living in substandard, subpar living throughout America. My legacy, if I could do anything, uh, even if I go broke and bankrupt, if I could inspire others to go out and change people's lives, make a difference, invest with it with a socially conscious mind, uh, that matters and that will continue to, la to last and that'll matter forever. Really good stuff. Well, I really appreciate everything that you're doing. Um, you know, it really is amazing. And, uh, you know, you're, you're, you know, this is the grow show and, and we're all about growing and you're literally, you're growing, you're growing communities and you're helping other grow, other people grow your syndicate partners. And, you know, and I, I love, you've got three different, you know, groups of people in your process that are winning and more importantly you know you're making these communities better safer um you know it's just it, it really is amazing and it, it's really cool and it, it, you know would love to hear more of these stories you know um so i i uh, i hope you keep doing what you're doing i hope you keep leveling up i hope you keep growing yourself because what's amazing sam is the more you grow the more uh the more good you're doing you know so it, it really is uh it really is awesome you know a lot, lot of respect Really Thank appreciate you. hearing this story. You know, everyone listening here, you know, how can they learn more about you, uh, your company, and uh, and I guess potentially maybe even get involved and, and uh, possibly uh, invest with you? Yeah, absolutely. So go to our website, wildmountaincapital.com. Uh, it's in the, in the midst of getting updated and changed. We've had this problem where we haven't shared all these incredible stories of people going from homelessness to having a place, to having a job, and and you know being able to f pay for their family and getting off section eight and all these things we're starting to share some of those stories follow me on uh, instagram it's about a week old so i apologize but i'm trying to post now every day uh, You've been busy working it's all good <laughs> busy working yeah. i'm trying to step out of the operations a little bit and share the message so that people can see because this this matters uh LinkedIn. Uh, I'm on there, Samuel Sells. On Instagram, I'm clean, at Clean Money Sam. Uh, you can follow me on, uh, you can reach out to me on Facebook. Starting to post stuff there as well. Twitter, just started posting stuff there as well. 
Good stuff. Sam sells. Um, and I like uh, clean money, Sam, right? Was that what it was? Yeah, clean money, Sam. Clean money, Sam. Good stuff. Well, definitely check out clean money, Sam. Make sure you follow him. Uh, check out what he's got going on. Really good stuff, Sam. Thanks for, uh, for coming on the Grow Show today. Uh, keep doing everything that you're doing and, and more importantly, keep growing. Thank you so much, Joe. Really appreciate it. Love your show. It's fantastic. Thank you, man. Thanks. Appreciate it. Everything that you're doing. Great stuff. Thanks again, Sam. Thanks.